Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so that organizations can thrive. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Verisage Institute colleague, Ed Klass. On today's show, folks, we are bringing back Free Rider Friday. Ed, I'm so excited. Rock on, Ron. To, to, to redo this. You know, the only problem is we used to do it on the last Friday, not the second yes. Friday of every, of every month, but... Uh, this was always really fun, and uh, we got the idea from a, a horse name, I think. It was my dad's <laughs> suggestion that when we were looking around for names, uh, remember, for this show, we kind of scrolled yes. through all the different racing horses' names, because there's some really great names in there. But, uh, yeah, this is great. This is a chance for you and I to clear out our stacks, I think. Well, yeah, because this kind of morphed into our bonus episodes on our Patreon channel, which so those of you who are not subscribed to Patreon, you should go ahead and do that so you can hear this on a weekly basis. But yeah, well, you know, let's let's fess up. We had a a little bit of a mix up with uh, our intended guest today, Marco, Marco Bertini, author of The Ends Game. But he rest assured, he will be appearing with us on the 29th of October. So we're pretty excited about that. So uh, let's free let's free ride then, Ron. And I got a review that we've a couple reviews actually that we're uh, really delinquent on uh, reading. Oh, okay. Yeah, even better. Let's do that. Sure. Well, okay. I'll start off with these. One is from um, Krith444. I happen to know him because he's been, we've been emailing. He's in the Ukraine, I believe. He says, it's five star review, by far the most interesting business podcast out there. Ron, Ed, and their guests are a bunch of wise people who question the usual and spark many fresh ideas. Listen to this if you want serious thinking mixed with a great sense of humor. Definitely the shortest hour of your week. So thank you. Wow, that's a great review. Thank you so much. And Ed, the second one uh, was not rated. It came off another. It wasn't from Apple Podcasts, so there's no star rating on this, but it's from uh, Ed PP. And it says a very white guy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So Ed, we're very white guy podcast. I don't know. Okay. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose we are. You you got us. I'm half Italian. Does that helps, but uh, well, I'm, you know, three quarters Irish and a quarter German. So that's all I got going for me. The rest of me is German and English. So what do I know? There you go. Yeah. Um, So, well, I guess I open. So, um, Let's talk about Dr. Fauci on CBS Face the Nation. Okay. This, uh, comes from October 4th at a National Review, Charles Cook, who previous guest on the show. He was asked, Ed, um, on Face the Nation, whether we can gather for Christmas or is it too soon to tell? It is just too soon to tell, he said. We have to concentrate on continuing to get those numbers down and not try to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. And Charles writes, counterpoint, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
He said, you and what army? Mm. <laughs> well, as one who sort of gathered for Christmas last year, anyway. Yeah. Can I, as Charles writes, he closes his piece by saying, can I gather for Christmas is a question asked by serfs, not citizens. And if it must be asked, it is just too soon to tell is the sort of answer that should yield laughter, the furrowing of brows, and if necessary, a mass Google search for where to buy tar and feathers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you, I, you know, what is it? What is it about this guy? Well, you can't he, have backyard picnics. You can't. No, you can't have Thanksgiving. No, you can't have Christmas. Too early to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at a point now where I don't think people are listening to this guy. No, I don't think so either. I think, I think we, we moved on. He's kind of burnt through his, his capital uh, credibility. Unfortunately, he's, he's lost a lot of trust because some flip floppiness on his, and you know, say what you will, I, you know, I, I, I think he, I, I don't doubt his intentions. Oh, me neither. I don't doubt his intentions at all. So, but I, I do, I do think that, uh, him actually admitting that, hey, listen, we I, I said no masks because we wanted to make, make sure that that people on the front line got them. And then I flipped on that. You, you, the one thing you can't do in public health is lose public trust. Exactly. And that was a that was a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. All right, Ed, you're up. All right. Um well, let's let let's see. I'm going to try to try to be a little bit more um, up upbeat on this. Well, let, let, let's start with this. I because this just came out today, and you you know I got to slam you on this one. So this is some from CNN Business from uh, October eighth, about uh, let's see four or five hours ago. Tesla is moving the headquarters to Texas. Elon Musk says. <laughs> <laughs> on his way. I'm excited to announce that we're moving our headquarters to Austin, Texas. Uh, during a Tesla shareholder meeting, the electric car company is based in Palo Alto near its original headquarters in San, San Carlos and its first factory in Fremont. But Musk says there is a limit to how big you can scale in the Bay Area. That's that's the excuse, Ron, that it's difficult to scale <laughs> in the Bay Area because there have been you know so many challenging companies that haven't been able to scale <laughs> <Bay Area. laughs> well he might have a point with the factory now he's not moving the factory right just the headquarters uh no there are there i don't know if they're moving the factory but they are at they, there is a factory already it, there it, it, right in austin and yes I, I knew he was opening or he had opened one or whatever but the one in fremont i mean these things are it's huge it's right. absolutely yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it, to move that would set him back a year at least on production. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the ch- the challenge though that well, they, he says here that the median home price in Palo Alto is three point three million dollars, mm-hmm. whereas the median home price in Austin is $588,000. And and that that three point three million will get you like fourteen hundred square foot, two bathroom, you know, two bedroom, three bedroom, maybe. Built in nineteen forty eight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um un- unreal. Yeah. I don't know. Bless him. So here so here's my thought, Ron, is is maybe you should you should give Elon a call. Uh you know, he's got a lot to move. And I'm thinking if if you just say, listen, Elon, I'm just gonna piggyback in with you and, and if you could just hitch like a trailer to his stuff, you know, maybe, maybe that's your out. 
you don't have what to get I the save on not having to buy a U or rent a yeah. U-Haul. I could just I say, look, I'll buy a Tesla and I'll just drive. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. between the tax breaks and the subsidies and the five dollar a gallon gas that we have out here now, Ed. No, you do not. Five dollars. Five dollars. Now that's premium. Okay. Premium, which I have to put in my car, but it's five seventy for regular, or, or four seventy. Sorry. Mm. <clears throat> we're not. We're not over three dollars yet, even for regular. I'll have more to say on that later. But yeah. Okay. Um, or to uh, deal with the excise taxes, but uh, yeah, no, it's another um, another business leaving the Bay Area. Wow, shock. Oracle. Charles Schwab. I mean, we go down the list. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really funny. Ed Kevin Williamson just had a little corner post, and uh, New York Times issued a correction uh, when they cited the Democrat social policy bill in Congress as being three and a half billion rather than trillion. Oh, and Kevin Williamson says just to put that in perspective, three and a half billion would be about ten percent of the annual budget of the Department of Energy. Three and a half trillion is more than the GDP of the United Kingdom, the world's fifth largest economy. We cannot really fathom how big a trillion is. We it, it, it's it's a million million. A trillion is a million million i mean I, I even if you try to wrap, wrap your mind around that concept he wrote a another post where he said you know a, a million sec a million seconds will take you back here a million you know a billion will take you back to here and a trillion will well you know we were in the cave type of thing or maybe mm-hmm. not even here i don't remember but it was like trying to put it in perspective it's still really hard to even get your head around that no, no, and and I know we've talked about this early, uh, previously, but 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 I I do think that it's very interesting that one of the I think the reasons why once you break through that barrier of getting to the tr- the next billion uh, is is that it now sounds more rational. So nine hundred, like most people would, looking at nine hundred billion versus one trillion, people go, oh, well, you know. <laughs> It's that's that's pretty much the same. That's not a big deal. In fact, I might even perceive 900 million or 900 billion as being larger than one trillion. That there's a perception problem with that. Uh, Not realizing that not the there's a huge difference even between 900 billion and a trillion. I mean, that's another hundred million. (laughs) I I know. I know. It's it's become, I guess, like the cigarette late warning label. You know, mm-hmm. just we've gotten acclimated to it. We kind of ignore it. We expect to see a trillion after numbers as they toss yeah. them around. We see yeah. a billion. It's like, wow, that's pocket change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how'd that fly by the New York Times editorial desk? I mean, three and a half billion. Somebody should mm-hmm. have just lapped at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, well. All right. Uh, what should I give you next? Well, I think um, we're up against our first break, Ed. Oh, we are up against. All right. Okay, so take us out. Normally flies by. So, folks, we'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or me, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Check out our Patreon channel, which is patreon.com slash TSOE. And that is now, of course, sponsored by 90 Minds. And if you uh, need a mind... Find a mind at 90minds.com. And now a word from our sponsors. 
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. We're back on Free Rider Friday. That's the Edgar, Edgar Winter Group, Ron. That song yeah. came out in August of 1943. Not, I'm sorry, 73. 73. 73. Okay, wow. I was going to say, yeah, wow, 43. Sorry, just my, my glasses. I was looking at the four because the the at the word the number 40 on something else when I was saying that. Yeah, August of 1973. So great song. I'm, I'm glad we brought that back. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Free Rider oh, Friday. Wow. All right. Um, so I've got a quick subscription update. For you, Ron. Okay. So one that's near and dear to my heart, uh, and this is uh, the iRobot. iRobot is famous for the their Roomba, and uh, they have uh, they have gone into subscri- subscription, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, that it, it's now twenty nine. Let me get the 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 list up here. Yep, here it is. So you have a, a choice between two of their high end models. One is the Roomba J Seven Plus. And that that comes, however, with a twenty nine dollar a month thing, but you have to put you have to uh, do a ninety nine dollar activation fee in order mm-hmm. to make that work. <clears throat> and then the other option, which has a, a a really cool thing that allows that that uh, that sucks out the the stuff from the Roomba, so you don't have to you don't have to mm-hmm. dump the 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 trash as much. Uh, and this is their Roomba i seven plus. And that's also twenty nine dollars a month with with a zero activation fee. Now, what I thought was particularly interesting about this is that they're the they're keeping the price of the monthly subscription the same for either of these models, but then just dropping in this activation fee right. for the newer higher end model. Yep. I think that's an interesting strategy. I, I don't think I've seen anything particularly like that, where the where the subs- monthly subscription price is absolutely the same across the board, 
and what changes is just something else about the offer in this case an activation fee now we might quibble that maybe activation fee is is a little bit more friction mm -hmm. um but but i think it's interesting for them to be trying this and see is it is is that $99 a really a friction point in which case they'll see a huge number of people take them up on the i7 plus as opposed to the j7 plus so right. I think it's an interesting experiment. I'd love to follow along with, with this and see what happens with, with this. I, I remember reading that, Ed, and I can't remember. Does the article discuss any way that they plussed that offering? I mean, what makes this different than me just going and buying the iRobot? Yes. Is it just a they, financing they thing? No, no, no. It's not a financing thing because they, they did. Uh, there's a couple things that they, they have added to this, uh, that the supplies are shipped to you as you need them. In fact, there's sensors on these to tell you, okay, you have to change this 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 piece. So uh, you know, you're eligible for a new robot every three years. So they're just going to give you the new one, which I, I think is a, is a, is a pretty good deal. Very similar to what Apple is doing with the iPhone. It's financed, but the reality is is that it's a monthly payment. And and I think this is probably most important. They are allowing you to have a dedicated support team. Hmm. That is then built in at the at the twenty nine dollars. So it's it's similar in a way to Apple building Apple Care into the the phone subscription. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is a very interesting pricing model. The only thing that we usually see is like what Porsche Drive did with their it's four ninety five. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one-time initiation fee or whatever they call it. And then if you if you commit to, I think it's four months, they'll waive mm -hmm. that. Right. Yeah, there's nothing about that. This is just flat out $99 application or uh, activation fee for the, for the, for the first month. Because they're trying to get you to trade up, right? I mean. It's... Well, this is, yes, because that's for the higher end model or the newer model. The newer right. model is the right. J7. So that's, that's the brand new one. Yep. Wow. Cool. Well, I got one here from, uh, again, it's Teen Zoe's newsletter, Preda. Well, how do you say that? Preda. Preda Manger. Preda Manger. Preda Manger. Preda Manger. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they've started a subscription in New York and Washington, D.C. Uh, for coffee. So kind of like um, the other place. Oh, bon Pat. The other Panera. French one. <laughs> Panera. Yeah, Panera. Oh, Panera. Bread. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Twenty twenty and twenty twenty Panera offered eight ninety nine for coffee. What makes this different? And when they did this, by the way, in the UK market, they did this last year in twenty twenty, uh, and they got sixteen thousand five hundred subscribers on the first day. Wow! On the first day, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and what makes this different from Panera's? is they have a classic plan at $19.99 a month that includes all organic coffees and teas with a flavored syrup add-on. But then they have a premium plan for $29.99 a month that includes all espresso-based barista-made drinks, organic coffees and teas. Both include hot or cold or iced drinks of any size. Mm-hmm. That is, I'd love to know the breakdown on that 16,000, how many were, you know, the, the 1999 versus the 29. Um, but that is incredible. 16,500 on the first day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
even if they were yeah, all no, in I, 1999. That that's amazing. Yeah, when I was in London, I think we, my wife and I, ate at Pret a Manger every morning. It was, they mm. they had they had a good balance there. They had some some oatmeal. They had some really good croissants. So yeah, it was good 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 stuff. And the coffee was was quite good as well. Good yeah. I, now. I also thought it was interesting that customers are going to wait, have to wait 30 minutes between each order. Right, right. Which, and, and I, I think that's Panera Bread did something like that as well, too, that there's a, I there's a time. Did. I think there's just an hour, if I'm, if I'm, if my recall is correct. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, you have to wait there. So this is so you can't, you know, roll your friends in. <laughs> Order right. up everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I guess Preta is, is different than, say, uh, Starbucks, where you kind of go there. You can hang out, right? Are, are, are those places conducive to hanging out for like five hours? Um, for, It's probably not quite as welcoming as that. But they're, they're more modeled on French Cafe, where there's, you know, little tables, two, two, right. two and three seats. I don't think there's couches and stuff, at least not as I recall. Sure. In some of these locations, but there's so there's just small little tables, and they usually have a street area just outside the the uh, the, the restaurant as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fascinating. But wow, sixteen thousand five hundred subscriptions. I mean, you run the numbers on that. Why wouldn't you do this if you were in the food business? <laughs> on on some offering, some offering, sure. You know, sure. I mean, that's wow. That's predictable revenue, and that, of course, follows up on on the one we did on our on our bonus show, but which is Taco Bell last week. Right. So, <laughs> I wonder how that's Taco going. Daily. Yeah. Mm. I wonder how that's working out for a lot of people. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. Let's see. What do we got here? Oh, here's a good good story. Feel good story, honey. The, the, Ron, this is from Medium. And it is a story about the fact that it we know they it might not take us thirty years to get to a major fusion breakthrough. Oh, there's I love this. two two breakthroughs in the last month or so that uh, have really had a serious impact on moving closer and closer to to uh, fusion. And the first was uh, early on the morning of Sunday, September 5th at MIT's Plasma, Plasma Science and Fusion Center. Researchers completed a test during which a promising new kind of magnet was able to reach the strength of 20 Teslas. I don't know what the hell that means. That's not the car. That's some uh, some unit. It so- sounds, sounds like a lot. Uh, making the most powerful magnetic field ever created using a specialized superconducting magnets. The ability to create a field of this strength suggests that we could achieve ignition, which is the point at which the system creates more energy than you put in. And this is from the, the story again and written in Medium. Um, let's see if I can get the author's name by Ella Anderson. So that that was good. The second breakthrough, let me ju- jump to this one here, uh, it is, uh, was for fusion energy occurred on August, in August, and it brought the closest we've ever come to the moment of ignition in the the uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, they were able to get seventy percent of the energy that they put back into the system for just a fraction of a second. Th- here's another numbers are be are astounding. The team the team was producing ten quadrillion. <laughs> so it's 
So we, we've talked about billion, we've talked about trillion. trillion. Now we're hitting quadrillion. Trillion. All right, so 10 quadrillion watts of energy or 700 times more energy than the entire U.S. grid is able to produce at any given time. Wow. Now, the intense conditions needed to create this action made, made it highly unstable, but it was a burst for that that period. And if uh, apparently they combine some of these two things together, uh, we could be talking about uh, seeing uh, fusion in the 2030s, which would just be absolutely amazing. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's so encouraging. <laughs> that would solve yes. a lot of problems. Uh, Who hopefully. would be against this, Ron? Yes. Who would uh, be against this? I can't think of anybody who should. I can't think of anybody. Should. You know what this is going to be get equated with, though, immediately is is nuclear energy bombs, right? They'd be like, oh, we're going to blow ourselves up. Right. Oh, jeez. No. Um, okay, Ed, excise taxes. An excise tax is an indirect <laughs> that sounds tax. So exciting. This sounds so it, exciting, It's so exciting, Ron. doesn't it? Um, it's an indirect tax, unlike a sales tax. It's uh, it's done when the manufacturer or producer of a certain good has to factor in a fixed tax or percentage into the cost of that good and then pay the government the tax themselves, right? So pack of cigarettes, gasoline, those types of things. Mm -hmm. So Fee did this article on April 9th, and the Tax Foundation ranked the 50 states on who's got the biggest excise tax burdens and the lowest. Who do you think the five most tax states are in terms of excise taxes. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to go down the usual suspects, Ron. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say California, New York, New Jersey, I Illinois, and uh, Ohio. Wow. No, you didn't get one. I didn't get one? Wow, didn't okay. One. I'm the most taxed state in the country, 1075 per person per year, Vermont. Excise tax. Interesting. Excise tax. Nevada, number two, 993 per person. That makes sense. I should have gotten it, Nevada because, because yeah. of non-income tax. Not, so yes. Trying to uh -huh. get it somewhere else, right? Yep. Hawaii. Yep. Yep. Hawaii, 928. Maryland, 873. And Minnesota, 858. The least taxed? Got a guess? No. I'm going to... Is it is it the usual suspects that I went through because they just don't do excise taxes? Uh, no, I don't think you mentioned any of these either. Come to think of okay. it, okay. So this is South like Montana, South Dakota. So, no, <laughs> neither no? of those. All right. South Carolina, three thirty-seven, three thirty-seven per person. Arizona, three thirty-seven, tied basically. Okay. Nebraska, three fifty-two. Idaho, 357, and Wyoming, 371. Now, of course, a lot of these are sin taxes too, right? The excise tax. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, they fall heavily on the poor. So, but uh, I just, and oh, by the way, where do you think Texas and California rank on this list? Oh, gosh. This, this shocked me. Okay. Texas is number 16 at 589 per person in California okay. is number 30 at 505 per person. We'll see that you got put one in your corner, Ron. Yeah, one. Turn that turn that you all around. <laughs> one. One in my corner. One. Call Elon and tell him you don't need to hitch a ride. 
Come on, thank Elon. God look at for our, the low, look, the low, low, excise, low, low excise taxes excise. in California. That's so awesome <laughs> for you. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> hey, you got to take them where you can get them. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> You're a Mets fan, you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, up against our break, I want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending that email to asktsoe at verisage.com course we do have our patreon channel available at patreon.com slash tsoe where you can get bonus episodes as well as our normal uh free rider friday edition and 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 also the the show commercial free but we just want to give a shout out to one of our patreon sponsors geraldine carter at smart strategy for cpas she thinks big coaching.com thanks geraldine and a shout out to you but right now a word from our sponsor Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercial commercials plus bonus content go to patreon.com slash tsoe subscribe now and be free you're worth it this is the voice america influencers channel be inspired And Ron, did you know that the the single version of that song is distinct from the LP version? Apparently, the forty five version contains a slightly brighter guitar track and only opens on the left channel. How about that? Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, wasn't that true? A lot of songs though that were studio cut, and then the LP was different. The radio version was different. You know, they used to do that all yes. the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, radio edit. Yeah, well. yeah. And the musicians would even joke about it. I think Billy Joel's got a song where he has a lyric. Uh, his song called The Entertainer says, it was a beautiful song, but it ran too long. If you're going to have a hit, you got to make it fit. So they cut it down to 305. Right. <laughs> oh, what a so talent. There you go. What a talent. Yeah. He is. <clears throat> so, all right. Uh, am, I, am I up? I'm still up. You're up. up. Yeah. You're up. I'm up. I'm up. Um, let's see. How about this? Do you hear about this uh, this proposal from from JD Vance? 
Oh, that's, uh, just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Appropriate the Ford Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a yeah. Senate candidate. Uh, told told Tucker Carlson this weekend that uh, that he thinks a good idea would be to seize money from the Ford Foundation and other not for profits that are dedicated to social social justice. So just take it just take and then it. distribute it as as he sees fit. You know, to the people the, who are harmed yeah. from globalization and things like right. that. You yeah. know, I read Hillbilly Elegy, his book, mm -hmm. and it was good. It was thought provoking. He's mm -hmm. a thoughtful guy, uh, smart guy, lawyer, Yale educated, you know, venture right. capitalist out here in California. Um, but as I watched him unfold in this Ohio Senate race, <laughs> he's just, he's a nut Bat job. guano crazy. Yeah. Bat he's a nut guano job. He is just performing. Crazy. And I don't know if he's sucking up to Trump or what his deal is, but <laughs> this guy has got like zero credibility in my book now. You know, Netflix mm -hmm. made made a movie from his book. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see it, but um, apparently it. it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, this is a classic example of what Jonah talks about all the time, and you've all lived in that our institutions have been become platforms for performance for these people, not mm -hmm. shapers of character. And you know, the I, I know they hate the distinction, but you know. A lot of these guys are show horses, not workhorses when it comes to mm -hmm. Congress critters. Right. Yeah. And they, they're using their platform to perform versus inform. And it's it's not good. Not good. But yeah, I, I, I came across this like, what? What? What is conservative about that? Oh, there's nothing conservative there's no, about I that. Mean, that. I, I can just, answer that question. I'm not yeah, a conservative, but it, I can answer that question. Yeah, there is that, nothing conservative okay. about that proposal whatsoever. That is just pure populist problem. Basically, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is from Philip Cross, December 30th. So I've had this in my stack for a while. December uh, but, 30th? Yeah, 2020. Um, oh, geez. Innovation, elusive, okay. hard to measure, but essential. And and I, I, this has been at the bottom. So I guess I just completely passed over this. But innovation remains one of the least understood and hardest to measure processes in economics. Boy, is that true. That's uh, true. A useful schematic comes from William, William Nordhaus, who identified three types of innovation. I've never seen this before. Run-of-the-mill, seismic, and tectonic. So run-of-the-mill leaves the product mostly unchanged, but, you know, makes it a little bit better. Seismic leaves the basic pro product recognizable, but vastly improves its quality. So examples would be food, clothing, books, watches, house furnishings, right? That have all improved dramatically. Um, and then tectonic innovations are a completely new product, a shift so vast that the price indexes do not attempt to capture the qualitative changes. So motor vehicles, appliances, electronics, services, definitely fault some into that category communications financial mass transit airplane most medical care would fall into that category um like, yeah so what nordhaus argues is that this means the official price the you know uh, overstates inflation because it understates the real improvement so it understates our standard of living um which by the way never make it into the inequality statistics um, and new products are not introduced into the CPI 
basket of goods until five years after their arrival. So they tend to miss the rapid decline in prices that happen. I think plasma TVs or oh, sure. all sorts of other things, right? Uh, so, uh, for example, he, he talks about autos were not included in the U.S. CPI until 1935, which omitted several decades of falling prices. I mean, Ford alone cut the price of the Model T down to like, you know, $360 or something from whatever mm-hmm. it was, 2000. Um, and then, of course, this is and this is what blew me away again. This is Nordhaus. Uh, the counter, Nordhaus the, uh, yeah, the economist, yeah. the Nobel yeah. Prize winning economist Nobel Prize for, winning uh, for for his work in environmental um, yeah, economics, mm-hmm. not, not this stuff. But uh, he also argues that this underestimates real GDP. Get this. He estimates properly adjusting for prices for improved quality would boost real income growth between 1800 and 1992 by a factor of somewhere between 13 and 40 and 190. Oh, gosh. Now, you see this when you look at the, um, you know, the Tupi, Mary and Tupi, and the, you know, the progress. Yes. In the, the, the time, Simon, Simon uh, Project. Yeah, the um, time, what, what do they call it? Time price. Time price of money. Yeah, time price, it, it, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, how long do we have to work to buy? Like, well, Nordhaus did the famous study on light. You know, how much yes. do you have to work to light a house or whatever? And that, that, that's that gone down by, like, what is it, 5,000%? It's a massive drop. Oh, it's a massive number. I think I think the number I remember reading is it used to be like 180 hours to work of work for one hour of light at some point. And then, you know, now it's down to milliseconds yeah yeah and so um but but yeah you know i've never really thought about that but a factor of 13 to 190 more gdp um and it, you know of course nordhaus was the guy who estimated that the producer the entrepreneur people like bezos and jobs get about 2.2 percent of of the you know the value that they create another economist from uh mit estimates that free online services such as facebook wikipedia google are worth 564 billion dollars a year to consumers other estimates are double of that hmm. so we're, we're there's your trillion dollars right that we can't even measure it's kind of like the dark matter in the universe right we know it's there yeah. but it's really hard to measure um and uh, the other thing is, it's um, Paul Romer. Uh, well, I just thought that was an interesting breakdown of his three. It is a breakdown. Categories. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it might actually be better than Clayton Christensen's disrupting and sustaining innovations. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. But wow, we could be totally missing the mark on GDP measurement because we're not taking into account the quality of these goods. Oh, I totally buy that. I mean, I, this I is, the, the, yeah, I, I think this is, this is something that, that economists really need to come to grips with that, that they've never really understood the, the total and value of things. They, they have, they, they've known about it. Cause I've read about this before. I've never, Oh, they know about this. And, they just, yeah. Yeah. I've never it. seen somebody try and quantify it like he mm. did. Um, yeah. Even if he's off by a factor of eighty percent, it's still we're still understating GDP, which is kind of phenomenal if you think about it. So that means Ed, we can spend more. That's what I'm saying. It's a long way of saying that we can spend more. So don't worry about the three and a half trillion. 
I know you're I know you're joking, but it may be the reason why we are spending more and not seeing radical inflation. I mean, I there think, is we're st starting yes. to see effect, effects, but it might be that reason. I, I, I've always maintained that as long as we can continue to out innovate, the damage that government does will be OK. Yeah. Of course, I get I worry about it more and more as time passes on. But I don't know. Maybe the maybe the the innov dynamic innovism is uh, as I think that's what the latest thing that McCloskey is calling it. Uh, Maybe unstoppable. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're up. All right, let me get a get get a sneak one in here before before our last break. Uh, this is from. Reuters, a, uh, and this is September 30th of 2021. PwC, Ron, PwC offers U.S. employees full-time remote work. So this is from New York. Accounting and consulting firm PwC told Reuters on Thursday it will allow all of its 40,000 U.S. client services employees to work virtually and live anywhere they want in perpetuity making it one of the biggest employers to embrace permanent remote work. Probably still have to fill out. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Free Rider Friday, Ron. 
And you know what's really neat about that that song is that uh, it was uh, written by Dan Hartman and performed by the Edgar Winter Group. Uh, it got one out, got all the way up to the top fifteen in uh, 1973, and then hit fourteen on the Billboard Top 100 and number ten in Cashbox. So there you go, got to eight wow. in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so, Canadians like the Edgar Winter Group better. Right. Ghost figure. But I, I was. I just want to finish up on that story. You know, I, I bet at PwC, I bet they still have to fill out timesheets, Ron. I yeah, I would bet on it. I just yeah. wonder at what this. You know, say one of the other four, maybe two of the other four, maybe all three of the other four, do this. What's this going to do to New York real estate? Oh man, office. Space. I know. I know. I know we've chatted around this, you know, like repurposing it, maybe turning it, some of it into residential or whatever. But wow, I, you, you see that and you think, geez, that's going to have an impact. It is. It is. Sorry, sorry. Well, and we, I, we, we should do this shout out to, to Sage, my employer, for sponsoring the Soul of Enterprise. You know, we're, we're, we're in the midst of, of trying to figure all this out right now ourselves. It's a, it's a huge challenge. Every, every firm, because lots of different people thinking lots of different things about different it. Things. Yeah, but a lot of hybrids are emerging, and yeah, I, I still think that underlying principle should be the road. No matter how, what you do, no matter where you're completely doing agree. it, I should be looking yeah. at results. You know, I mean that, mm. and I don't know. Maybe this whole thing has moved us closer to that. I'm not sure. I don't get that sense, but you know, I guess time will tell. Well, and there's also a call that there might be some pay decreases too if, for people who decide to work virtually. Uh, and the and right. the reason for this is, by the way, is there's lots of stories of people willing to take a twenty percent pay mm -hmm. cut to move someplace else. Right. So why not say, well, we're going to what you do is cut your pay by ten percent if you are a remote employee. But PwC didn't say that, did they? Like if you no 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 no. There's nothing in here. They, I mean, they, they they talked a little bit about that in the story, but but that's not what they're talking about at but this they're, point. They're not making to make any any changes. But and they're but they also say they're not making any any changes to their their real estate footprint. So maybe that means that they're they're hedging their bet and it's going to come back. But interesting. Oh wow. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, I got something in here from Baruch Lev. Baruch Lev is oh, a yeah. guest on the show. He wrote The End of Accounting, it was show number 101, uh, when we had him on. I think it's one, it was one of my favorite books of the year, and it came out, I forget when, a few years back. But um, he, he wrote about the sad state of accounting standards in accounting today. This is back in July of this year. He said, a study of mine showed that, and this is amazing, a study of mine showed that even if you could predict all the companies that will meet or beat analysts' consensus earnings estimates, you wouldn't make any real money. That's how useless earnings numbers are. Wow. That, you know, he's got that other just new bomb statistic in his book, The End of Accounting, that investors rely on financial statements for seven to eight percent of their decision making right yes 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 <laughs> he also talks about the edgar system e-d-g-a-r <clears throat> all caps uh -huh. which is how um, shareholders and others can get uh, download u.s annual reports an annual report of a public company is downloaded on average less than 30 times <laughs> 28.4 to be precise on the day of and the day after it's made publicly available. 
this is a level of interest of millions of investors <laughs> and being downloaded doesn't mean it's being read and being no, read doesn't true. mean it's being understood <laughs> just to add that um and he goes on and on about you know it, the new standards they're looking at cryptocurrencies and climate risk he's a skeptic about esg as we are income taxes government grants and inflation and he said and yet they're, the standard setters seem to be completely unaware of the real challenges facing their work product. Another statistic he cites is, uh, you know, this whole theme that accounting was built for the industrial era, not the economy in mind. And annual U.S. investment in intangibles, which is about $2.5 trillion, is currently twice that of physical assets. So we've, wow. we've way crossed the point. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, he says in 2019, half the U.S. public companies and 70% of high tech and healthcare, including drug companies, reported annual losses. Half of these losers without, you know, would be profits without the intangible expensing. He said, this is not a reliable accounting system. Now, look, this is a really difficult problem to solve because, yeah, we expense employee wages. What are you going to do? Capitalize it? You're going to put it into, you know, your, your patents or whatever if you're a drug company. I'm he's got some ideas surrounding some of this in his book, the end of accounting, but it, it just, that that's just damning that you could, you could, you could get all that information from the analyst, the predictions of earnings per share, and you wouldn't Mm -hmm. make a dime in the market. It it just, it's, it's a useless number. Yeah. So now I'm combining two things that you had on this podcast. One, the one you just reported, Plus the fact that uh, so accountants don't know what the hell's going on in terms of valuation. <laughs> well, what are, what are the economists that you pr- aforementioned, the, the, the aforementioned economists base their statistics on or, or estimates on? And they admit they don't have any idea. Well, it's the accounting numbers, which now the so there's a double level here of of there is ignorance. There's- there's a meta, there's a meta, meta, uh, yeah, national, right. uh, uh, the economists are using GDP, which is national accounting. Yeah. Oh, it's national, national accounting. accounting. It's, it's, national it's, accounting. it's all it is. And it it's, got, it's got the same set of flaws that gap accounting has. It's, it's an identity and it's not a theory. So it can't predict, can't explain, can't prescribe. Um, so this is why I think, um, you know, accountants struggle with this whole valuation thing. And economists struggle with it. They don't know the consumer yep. surplus of Google, Twitter, and Facebook. They don't. We don't. Mm-hmm. We, we can try and guess, but who knows? Just like we don't know how much of the wealth is tied up in human capital, but we know right. it's an, uh, uh, a, a majority, huge overwhelming yeah. majority, but we don't know exactly uh, because these things can't be measured. I just, and we're so fixated on measure. I just heard somebody from Cato yesterday, yesterday say, well, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it and you'll oh, never geez. improve it. This you know who Cato. is right? You know who's right, Ron? That I can't remember his first name. Copperthwaite, the 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 oh, governor God. general yes, from of, Hong Kong. Of Hong Kong, who's like, yeah, yes. when we no measure it. Don't you're not allowed to measure stuff. No statistics, because they'll just wanna they'll just want to get in there and tinker and mess things <laughs> tinker up. Tinker or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. I'm just gonna sit here and drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he'd, he'd form these commissions to undertake studies about whether or not we should, and he would just let them drag on and drag on. Yeah. Stonewalled everybody. Stonewalled everything. And now we don't want him measuring anything. Copperthwaite. He was, that guy's a hero. Of him. No to- kidding. Total hero. No, total, total. All right. So speaking of measuring thing that I think is interesting, uh, I've been, um, this has been in my stack for quite some time and it was a, a video that I saw and, and just wanted to share with you. Cause I know you're, you're a little bit of an NFL enthusiast, Ron, right? Yeah. You like football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're familiar with the term scoragami? You know what scoragami is? No. Okay. So scoragami is this guy who has, a, it, it was a, a concept thought up by this guy, John Boyce. And it's the art of building final scores that have never happened before in NFL history. So due to the unique nature of football, there are really interesting times that you can have different scores. And what this guy has produced is this huge chart that you can go to. It's uh, NFLScoragami.com, where you can see every score of every game and how often they occur. And it, if there's ever been a score, so there, you know, there's been a game that that's ended zero zero. There's there's been a game that ended two nothing. Right. There's never been a game that tied at two. Two. <laughs> so and then so you fill in the little box. So across the on the the x axis is the winning team score, which goes from zero right now to seventy three, because that's the 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 maximum. Right. That, that any team has ever scored in an NFL game. And then the the, the down uh, y-axis uh, goes to 51. So the, because mm. that's the, 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 the most, most any team, the team, losing, le- team. losing team has scored, all right? So pr- pretty, pretty interesting to see all of these little, and what you'll have is he's built this chart. And what happens is every so often, a score will come up during an NFL season that will fill in one of the boxes. So that's known as a scoragami. So if uh, right, so yeah. So if 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 a game ends, so I'll, I'll give you one that that has not happened. Um, there there has never ge- been a game that that has let's ended. Let's see, fourteen to I think six. Hmm. Now, weird. You would think that hmm. that's totally happened. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But. I mean- Fourteen to six is one of the ones on the score. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's fourteen to eight. Fourteen eight. to eight. Oh, okay. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. eight is eight is a weird score. Yeah. So fourteen Safety. to eight hasn't been a game that's ended fourteen to eight. But you could totally see a game ending fourteen to eight. That's sure. you know t- two sure. two touchdowns for one team and a touchdown and and a and safety a, a, or two football, field goals and a safety or a missed a, um, two field goals and a safety. Right. Yep. So it just hasn't happened. So anyway, this is scoragami. So that, wow. That, 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 that was, yeah. You know, I'm fascinated when you like stuff. when you watch the playoffs and so, and I know baseball's probably a million times better than this because you guys have so much statistics. But um, when they when they just bring up these the most oddball statistics, you yeah, know, nobody's ever won a Super Bowl after being down after the you know second half or or the second quarter or whatever. It's all that kind of stuff just blows my mind. And well, it happened happened uh, happened happened last night the at the playoff game. It was a, there was a the, it was first time in in the history of, of a major league baseball playoffs where a player hit a home run and stole home. Hmm. Not on the same play, obviously. Right, but. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and they just seem to pull that stuff up. Just 
Poom, it's, you know? They're, yeah. 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 It's wild. Yeah. It is pretty amazing what they have to be able to do that. So anyway. All right, Ron. Well, we're, all I think right, we're ready Ed. to finish up free rider Friday here. Cool. Well, tell me what's on store for next week. Next week, Ron, we have our interview with Colin Rule, who's the founder of Mediate and the person who developed the mediation system for eBay. And this is a fascination of ours because there's so much that is run through that. So we're going we're to talk to Colin Rule. That's awesome. Online dispute resolution. Yeah, it's a great substitute mm-hmm. to the court system. So looking forward to that, Ed. I'll see you in 167 hours. <laughs> This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at noon Pacific time. In the meantime, check us out at soulofenterprise.com. We'll post full show notes, give you links on all the topics that we discussed today. Also, remember, you can contact Ed or me. Send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.